overwhelmed, Bretto. It is perhaps the number one challenge our Wellness Couch listeners face. It's also the number one reason why many listeners can't get to our live events. Well, we have listened to our listeners and we are putting on our first online event, Release Your Overwhelm. So exciting, MP. Put Saturday, November 23 in the calendar. Log in from your phone or your TV or your laptop anywhere in the world and tune in to... Kim Morrison. Brett Hill. Marcus Pierce, Wendy Stewart. And Jason Witten. Release your overwhelm about time, relationships, money, your body, and most importantly, you. Access is just $10 and available at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. Book in now at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the wholesome box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hello, good evening, good morning, or good day, wherever you are in the world, gorgeous wellness women. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you are listening to Wellness Women Radio. I thought I'd just throw that in there. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. We are the Wellness Women on Facebook and the Wellness Women Official on Instagram. I am Dr. Andrea on Instagram and at the period whisperer on Facebook. Yep, that'll do. And you can find Ashley on at Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Uh, Ash, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you very much, lovely. And I know that uh, you have some steam to blow off your chest. So before we dive into tonight's episode, which is all about allergic rhinitis, which uh, to everyone is most commonly known as hay fever, that dreaded, itchy, scratchy, 
drippy, horrible <laughs> experience that is that um, I certainly have experienced when I moved overseas. And oh my goodness, I can't wait to share some of those stories and hear yours as well, ladies, uh, when you give us a, some feedback on this one. But if you are suffering with hay fever, don't turn off right now. Now is the time to listen in. But we're going to just sort of blow some steam off for the start here. So Andrea, tell me that the thing or share with our listeners, what has got yeah. your goat this afternoon? I love that gotcha goat. We could totally like have a segment on that. All right. So now in full disclosure, I saw this on Instagram. So, (laughs) you know, take this with a grain of salt, but I'm fairly sure that, um, you know, I can, I do trust the source, but everybody is posting that the artist TI, um, I'm assuming everyone knows who that is, um, (laughs) has has an, uh, has an 18 year old daughter who he takes, um, to the gynecologist and uh, each year and he is there to, and while he's there he makes sure that um, she has her hymen checked to make sure it's intact. Yeah, um, wow. I think that is so absolutely disgustingly misogynistic and controlling and so many levels of wrong. Um, apparently he puts like little post-it notes on her um, door saying, you know, don't forget gynecologist appointment tomorrow at 9.30 or something. Um, I just, I saw that right before we started recording and I was, just when Ash and I were kind of doing a little bit of a preamble before the show, I was like, do you know what I just read? And I am like absolutely flabbergasted about, I have no words. Um, What kind of person does that? Yeah, look, I think there's so many layers to that, right? There's obviously cultural beliefs. There's, you know, somewhat religious inclusions often in these things. But, you know, I guess living in the modern world today, we do, Andy. I'm a big believer in a woman's rights to her own body being her own. Um, you know, under no circumstance should she be controlled by anybody, including mother, father, parent, brother, anyone. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, falls under the category of totally not okay in my books. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but, but on the flip side, I totally advocate for women who, um, you know, may wish to go and have their checks for their own personal reasons to, I don't know, you know, support their belief in, you know, say, for example, ab- abstinence before marriage or anything like that. I mean, if that's what if that what makes them feel happy, but it doesn't sound like that's one of those situations. So, yes, ladies, um, we do, you know, we see these things often through our practices just where, you know, being cautious and careful um it even comes down to you know as practitioners when we have parents in the room with you know young women um the the language that's used or the the communications made by the parent um limiting us sometimes to the you know i guess the quality of questions we can ask that person in the room because often they're a minor and you know with a parent speaking for them so ladies if you do have daughters um and you know you really care about their ability to trust themselves and take control and I, I think as well you know have full responsibility for the health of their bodies I love my parents coming into the room and this is kind of you know one of those situations where if she loves you know her father being part of her life I think it's totally appropriate for her dad to be there for one of these appointments but I think it takes it next level when you know a parent intervenes or has some degree of control over what is actually done in the appointment if that makes sense yeah and the the way it's been framed it's more like he goes he makes the appointments he goes to the appointments to ensure that she is and quote unquote intact. Oh wow. <laughs> um and he and so TI is a rapper and 
that whole kind of genre and world obviously um, is usually like and very pigeonholy um, associated with lots of like um, promiscuity and all sorts of different things. So I think that that's just such incredible double standards. But also for the fact that the hymen can be broken so many other ways than just sexual intercourse. Uh, so, you know, with horse riding, um, accents and balls, any other kind of trauma, even tampon use. So that is I'm just so mortified. So anyway, just a little tidbit. I would love for someone to tell me that this is fake news, but I really don't think it is. Uh, so anyway. Oh, good. I like it. That's my goat. Yeah, got So, so we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll take that one off your chest. So Andrea now feels totally calm and ready to tackle this uh, this allergic nanitis <laughs> today. She's ready to go and we'll, we'll talk about this because um, for both of us, we, we experience this a lot with practice members who um, take antihistamines or they're taking some form corticosteroid drugs, inhalers, any number of um, drugs and medication that are frequently prescribed. And often many of them are over-the-counter medications that you can just pop in, you know, to the local pharmacy and pick up and, you know, without any real degree of regulation or oversight as to, you know, who's taking them, how many they're taking, you know, whether they're taking them correctly, um, which makes, you know, I guess for us, we, we're always concerned by situations where um, Dr. Google's source of information, um, I know hopefully we're not, we're not falling into that category because we, we try our best to research everything we, we do. But, um, you know, relying on on sources such as Dr. Google can often lead you, you know, down the idea that, oh, that must be, oh, I must have hay fever. I'll just take an antihistamine. Mm-hmm. And that's the big challenge that we want to address today is, is an antihistamine the solution for hay fever? Um, what a good question. So <clears throat> I think with it, that we need to understand I guess what hay fever is and what the reaction is. And um, you're right, Ash, some people say to me that they take an antihistamine every single day of their life. So not just during the the spring sort of hay fever allergic season, but every single day because for every single day they're reacting to something. And that could be a whole host of different things, whether it's like, you know, grasses and pollens or weeds. There can be indoor allergens as well. Um, and that can be like pets and hair, even dust, dust mines. Um, mold or other irritants, um, things like cigarette smoke, perfumes, um, like exhaust fumes, those sorts of things. So those are like the really common triggers, but it can also be from foods or just an immune system that is going haywire, that is responding um, inappropriately to stimulants that's giving you this excessive um, like symptomatology and the normal symptoms that go with hay fever um, and the classic things are like the really runny nose, it can be the itchy eyes um, and itchy skin, the constant sneezing, everything gets really puffy, um, people feel terrible as well, they get completely exhausted, um, they can even have like, you know, trouble breathing and shortness of breath. Um, what other symptoms, Ash? Is that a pretty good list? Is that cover it? Yeah, look, that's a really good list because at the end of the day, this is, you know, your body, so your natural immune response to what it perceives as a foreign irritant or a foreign invader. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't be seeing this as a, you know, um, a problematic response. It's just simply saying, well, why is the body producing excessive immune re- response or reaction to this particular allergen that's encountered. And yeah. I say allergen loosely because, gosh, allergen, in terms of the list of allergens now, that expansion is it's getting bigger and bigger. Like the estimate is over a billion people on the planet 
with, you know, regular seasonal allergy. That's that's a lot of people suffering with irritability. Uh, North mm-hmm. American statistics are one in four. So that's, again, a, a huge number of people. Um, so what my question is, and, you know, the thing that gets me curious is, why do allergies seem to be increasing? Why do people's experiences of allergies seem to be getting worse? Or why are there more allergies to things? Or, you know, why is it that more people complain of seasonal allergy? Or why are kids getting more nut allergies? Like, I just, I'm just curious. And so my curious brain asks that question because it fits into this idea is, is it seasonal allergy? You know, do we really blame the um, increase in pollens and all these other things that are causing irritability? Or should we be starting to look at the human body saying, well, hang on, why is the human body, why is our body, my body, your body not adapting so well to this environment? Um, and so we're going to address some of those reasons why that the immune system um, can be what they call, we term hypersensitized to, you know, mm-hmm. common occurring things such as pollen. Um, I know that here in WA, um, I was talking to someone through the winter and they're like, oh, it's going to be a bad, bad year for allergies. Oh, there's, you know, the rain and this and that. So apparently like, you know, all of these climatic conditions create the perfect storm for this, you know, like pollen apocalypse or something. It was like, <laughs> he was really like doomsday about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's the kind of guy that would have stockpiled, you know, antihistamines to make sure he had enough to, <laughs> to last a lifetime. But um, aside from that, you know, yeah. that, that cute conversation with this lovely, lovely gentleman. He was, um, I guess he was just reflecting the idea that there was a lot of, um, he was feeling a lot of anxiety leading up to the Mm. changing season because for him it becomes quite debilitating. Um, And there's even suggestions now that there was a study run that shows that a person's cognitive and, and physiological response when driving, it's effective to taking like two cocktails, drinking alcohol, so that's how debilitating wow. um, hay fever can be in terms of its physical response on the human body that is effectively like you're driving drunk. And I guess anyone who's had yeah. it can uh, really connect with that because your concentration is poor. You know, like you said, you're yeah. puffy, you're irritable, your eyes are watering, like yeah. it's- restless, drowsy. Yeah. Um, yeah, people have also uh, reported like palpitations as well that go along with that. Mm. So that racing heart, that uncomfortable um, like cardiovascular sensation. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Ash, what did you experience when you were in the UK? And it's interesting that, um, and uh, sorry, I'll give you a chance to answer in just a second, that a lot of my patients who suffer the worst are the ones who aren't natively from Australia. Um, so our, our beautiful imports. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure there is a reason for that. And let's talk about that. But what did you experience when you were away? So when I lived in the Netherlands, um, I was really, you know, blessed to firstly, I moved into Amsterdam and I didn't seem to have too much of a problem. Um, and then I moved out to the coast, uh, to an area in the Netherlands near the famous flower fields in Lisser and Sassenheim region. And, um, I pretty much passed through them every day. And I can tell you, I never knew what hay fever was until I reached flower season in that country for the first time. And it was like, I literally was, I could have scratched my eyeballs out. It was ridiculous. And I pretty much lived with a, some form of cloth, anything I could have in my pocket the whole time because my nose was like a tap. It was insane. Um, and you know, throat, I kept getting like laryngitis. I kept losing my, my, 
my, I guess, clarity, my voice. It was always, you know, raspy and husky mm. and, um, you know, super sexy sounding, but not very, not very healthful. Um, yeah. And so really, you know, really struggled with that. And then fatigue. And I, for me, what I found most interesting was I was like, oh, I was just curious because I'm like, is it just because there's just lots and lots and lots of flowers? I mean, literally millions of flowers you know, as, as you sneeze, <laughs> just talking about it makes you feel itchy, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah. my nose, I just, I've just itched it like five times. Like, is it just because we're talking about itchy things? You start to feel itchy. Um, um, and we're so used totally. to like stifling sneezes when we're with patients as well. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, you know, all those classic symptoms and just for me, fatigue as well. I just felt really, really tired. Like getting up in the morning, I, I felt like I needed toothpicks to hold my eyelids open because I felt puffy and, you know, and, and irritable. Um, and I think that was, you know, something I was really surprised by because I finally understood when for all those years I'd had clients who tell me they had allergies. I always just thought it was just like, oh, a bit of an itchy nose, a bit of runny eyes and just taking any history and it's all good. Um, yeah. But that was not the case. And, you know, the more I looked into it because I just thought I can't be drugging myself just because I'm living in another country. I, I've never done it before. Why would I start here? Um, but then it was, you know, came back to some of those classic, you know, things about immune system and stress response. Yes. And I'm like, of course, exactly. moving across the planet, you know, doing this crazy solo life transition with like critical stress loads. Um, yeah, kind of no surprise that my immune system was so damp. Um, and then, you know, noticing how the subsequent seasons after that were better. And I thought, oh, yeah. isn't that interesting whether it was just my body adapting or whatever it was. So I know a lot of people here in WA hate the bottle brush. Um, <laughs> they, they look so pretty and the, 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 you know, the roadsides are a sea of red, but um, I've got plenty of people tell me that they're the dreaded curse every year. They hate seeing them. Um, and that's for that reason, again, just really high pollen counts. So, um, yes, that was yeah. my experience. And what I learned from that was there was a lot of natural remedies out there that can be used to help desensitize the body and to help, you know, mediate um, those responses, downregulate that that hypersensitivity, and also to just improve things like our gut response, our immune system through stress yes. response. Like there's a lot of layers to it. So, you know, if you don't know about these natural options, ladies, keep listening because we're going to go through quite a few different ways you could help to address the underlying cause. And you could go around wearing, you know, a heap of mask on your face to, to get rid of all the pollages and allergens, which, you know, could be quite, um, I guess, annoying because <laughs> a big mask on your face all day is not going to solve it because the reality is you want to help to improve your immune system function. And that's what is happening essentially when someone's got really bad hay fever or that allergic rhinitis is it is that overreactive or inappropriate response from the immune system to those triggers because everybody is in the same environment like pretty much, right? So, you and I, everybody else that we come in contact with all has contact with the same air, the same grass, um, you know, everything is relatively stable. So why is it that some people react so severely um, to the change in season, which we're all a part of, whereas other people have no response whatsoever and don't suffer from hay fever? Um, so obviously it's not, um, an in, well, I mean, to a point it can be an environmental thing depending on what's going on at home, but it is that individual's person, person's inappropriate response to, you know, their environment. And so if we can get the immune system under control and if we can help the body to have better responses and dampen that overreactivity, 
then we know that it helps um, the hay fever symptoms too. And it's amazing when people come in and they say, oh my goodness, I haven't taken antihistamines for 12 months or something like that, which is just such a great thing to hear or that they can get off their steroids is also like so heartwarming. And it's absolutely possible, especially for you sufferers who are um, thinking that, you know, life is just not worth living during spring. It is definitely possible to make changes. It is. And I think that the important thing about knowing that some of those changes, um, those natural changes, like I always say, is that it's also, you know, encounters there's so many women who notice for the first time or experience it um, as a heightened experience during pregnancy. And so, yeah. of course, you know, some of those classic over-the-counter medications they've relied on for years because of their, you know, regularly occurring allergies, they can't take them when they're pregnant or breastfeeding. So, it's like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do when you can't take your regular antihistamine because you're pregnant? So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we want to know uh, what our other options are, you know, compared to just simply taking a, a pill each morning. Um, and for me, you know, I've First up, I just talk about the dietary lifestyle stuff. You know, mm-hmm. what are we going to yeah. do? So let's talk about some of the ways we could naturally treat some of these symptoms, um, particularly addressing you know that that uh, allergenic sort of hypersensitivity. How do we downregulate? How do we calm down our immune response to obviously decrease our symptoms of uh, hay fever? So my first ones are to look at some of the like the triggers, the dietary triggers that yeah. will basically cause our immune system to be on red alert. So it's essentially causing chronic inflammation. So when our body is, you know, chronically inflamed, it's taking any allergen, whether it be inhaled, ingested, contacted, and amounting a massive immune reaction to it. So it's kind of put the, the armies on guard the whole time and they just start firing off at random, you know, so there's, there's no organization to it. It's just like shoot, 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 kill, 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 uh, irrespective of what it is. So, for yeah, and for those um, people who think, oh, no, my diet's got nothing to do with my hay fever symptoms that are happening in my head, yeah. you know, what does the gut have to do with it? Remember that 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So that there's no such thing as just like a low – well, I guess there is, but um, it's it's always a systemic effect. It's not just – you know, a nose that's responding. There's other, there's so many other pathways in the system that are affected by, you know, the foods that you eat. And that is, might just be the symptom that you're experiencing expressing from that, that is causing the allergy in the first place. Oh, absolutely. And these pathways that, you know, are this immune vigilance are the same pathways that lead down the path towards autoimmunity. So our other conditions of, you know, essential self-destruction, um, you know, should be addressed in the same way because, the allergy response is the same, you know, excessive response that you see in things like Hashimoto's, thyroiditis and things like that there where yeah. you know, people are told, oh, yeah, but, it's, you know, it's autoimmunity. It's um, it's just, you know, it's just a thing that can happen. Um, we tend to disagree. If you've heard any of our previous episodes, we've got lots and lots of info on all of that. Um, so if you're dealing with not just allergy but there's autoimmunity issues as well, then go backwards and listen to some of the other episodes. Um, but, you know, certainly diet because there's key nutrient deficiencies that can cause you know, your immune system to be predisposed to allergy responses. And there's also key triggers that can cause you to react to things more. So I'm. would you like to talk about the triggers or the the deficiencies? Do you think the – what do you think is going to be – uh, yeah, Ash, do you want to go through the deficiencies? Because I think yeah. that's a great idea. And then we'll talk about the, the triggers in terms of foods and things. Cute. Okay. So going through some of the, um, the deficiencies 
that generally lead to these allergenic responses are big ones are things like vitamin D, uh, which is interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because seasonal allergies often are on the back of coming out of winter. So, you know, where we're mm-hmm. often now most D deficient. So you can supplement with vitamin D supplementation to bolster and boost your immune system through winter to help to reduce your seasonal responses in the spring and summertime. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big one. I always say, oh, look, start with D because, you know, coming out of winter, how are you going to protect yourself. Then it's things like zinc mm. and selenium and magnesium. So those essential minerals that are, you know, key components of our immune system. Um, and then of course the anti-inflammatory effects and immune promotion of uh, high doses of vitamin C and, yep. you know, and of course cellular integrity through things like vitamin, um, vitamin, <laughs> I was going to say vitamin three. Let's go with omega three fatty acids. <laughs> There's no vitamin three, omega three. Um, and you know, these are some of the key ones. So for me, it's, you know, it's D zinc, selenium, uh, magnesium, C, E, and our omega three fatty acids. So they're kind of like the top list. So a good multivitamin yeah, will awesome. often cover a lot of those. And then you can get some uh, support supplement supplementation to support those deficiencies. I love that. Um, I've always thought that vitamin C was a bit of a natural antihistamine. Uh, So I definitely encourage people to dose up fairly heavily on that. And it's just so good for just helping to modulate that immune response. Um, Vitamin A is really good just for helping to clear mucus and that sort of stuff too. Um, So yeah, I think, and maybe when we get into some of our sort of holistic treatment options, we'll go into that a bit more specifically. But in terms of things that are going to exacerbate that histamine response or that, um, you know, allergic kind of uh, hay fever response, food is definitely a really big part of this. And a lot of people will note that um, their symptoms are a lot worse when they eat certain things. The biggest triggers that I see in patients is usually those really high histamine foods. Um, and of course, these are all the fun things. So this is alcohol, chocolate, cheeses, um, kombucha, any fermented things, vinegars, um, and chocolate, as well as all the cacao-based stuff too. So even though you, you may not be having chocolate, it could still be like raw cacao as well. Um, any processed meats. So anything that has sulfites and sulfates and those sort of um, like preservatives in them, absolutely artificial sweeteners as well. Um, And one of the biggest ones I think that exacerbates hay fever symptoms is dairy. It's so mucus producing for a lot of people and it just tends to exacerbate everything in terms of what I've seen with my patients. Um, What do you think, Ash? Oh, 100%. Yeah, just that um, sort of protein that creates a massive immune response. It's um, We're dairy-free in our house, so I can tell you that it's uh, it's there's good reasons why we are. It's not just for, you know, gut health and immune function. Yeah. There's a lot of different layers to that. Uh, I know a lot of people are challenged by that. Like, oh, you can't, you know, have your kid dairy-free. It'll, you'll create an allergy. And I'm like, oh, it might be the other way around, actually. You know, keeping his immune system strong means I have a two-year-old that's, you know, rarely had a day of six. So I'm quite yeah, happy, I'm quite awesome. happy with that. <laughs> Um, so I would definitely use caution with some of those things. Um, I do find that some people have a real problem with fermented foods. And I know that that sounds really counterintuitive because, you know, things like the sauerkraut and the kimchi is so amazing for really helping to, um, you know, modulate that microbiota. Um, lots of people love kombucha and everything like that, but it is 
you know, very high in histamines and may exacerbate some symptomatology if you are particularly sensitive to that. Um, so just please use caution. Um, I also find that people do better when they cut out sugar, excessive caffeine um, and gluten as well. Absolutely. So yeah. It's it just is. having that low inflammatory diet, right? Yeah. And some people also notice things like nightshades are real triggers for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. nightshades include potatoes, yeah, yeah, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, and generally um, to the North Americans, bell peppers, but to us, capsicum down here, down under. Um, yes. So I had someone comment, was like, oh, what was that? Um, arugula or something? I'm like, I have no idea. I think it turned out to be rocket. I'm like, oh, it's so simple. It's just rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's things. hilarious. I know we need to translate for our like, you know, northern hemisphere um and, and southern hemisphere friends. <laughs> We've got lots of listeners in different places and I know that when we talk, you know, pounds and kilos and well, we're kilos here, but you know, as soon as we start converting, it's always funny people going, Huh, oh, I wonder how much that is. <laughs> I cannot I don't think I can talk um non metric terms, but anyway. No, no, um, we're not gonna try it. We're not gonna try. We we're just gonna stick to our, our down under ways. I know that uh, people can adapt. So for me also addressing um, sources of anything that affects the microbiome. So um, obviously excessive antibiotic use, um, you know, addressing dysbiosis, uh, anything that causes that. So that is environmental. I mean, think about all the endocrine disrupting compounds we use on a daily mm. basis, chemical sprays, um, anything that could be inhaled that's an irritant. Um, all of these things damage the gut. So this is where, you know, we start to dive now from the deficiencies, things that our foods are lacking into things that we may not be absorbing because the gut is yes. dysfunctional. So let's talk gut stuff now and why the gut and the immune system and allergies are so closely related. Oh, it's all one in the same as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you, the way that your system responds to your environment, it goes through all of those layers of your normal immune responses. So first it's the skin that comes into contact with your environment, then it's the nasal mucosa, the mouth, um, and then it's pretty much from there down is all your gastrointestinal system. Um, so anything that goes onto your skin is absorbed into your body. 80% of our immune system, as we've already said, is in our gut and part of what the job of the microbiota is to do is to you know actually modulate all of those immune i guess responses to everything um i think i just got on a little um soapbox there ash and i totally forgot what your question was but um <laughs> <laughs> no just just, started, just, the, the, just the, ranting about the gut no, just the gut, gut immune connection. So, ladies, if you have got any signs of gut dysbiosis, if you've got, you know, candida overgrowth, if you've got yeast infections, if you've got um, lots of gas and bloating, if you've got poor stool movement, bowel movements, you know, any signs that your gut is not working well, these are also signs that your immune system is unlikely to be working at its full, you know, and most robust effect. So, we strongly encourage you know addressing any of those gut issues as well so it's not just about eliminating foods that can cause irritation and increase in histamine response it's also about healing the gut and making sure the immune system is able to work at its very best um, and that deals with the, all of those dysbiosis functional issues leaky gut you know we can go on but you've heard us all rant about these before um so you know once you start to address that too is you know definitely added in a 
uh, I guess a comprehensive probiotic supplementation. Make sure you're building the gut up from the inside out. Um, and then, of course, from that perspective as well, thinking about stress reduction because we know stress has a major impact on our immune system. Um, obviously, you know, you know when you're stressed, you don't sleep as well. Sleep is also part of that cycle of healing, regeneration, repair. So, you know, it's just this vicious cycle that um, stress is in many ways damaging your health. Um, gut health, immune function, the works. And of course, when you're super, super stressed, you're more susceptible to allergies. And in terms of probiotics, the specific strains that you probably want to be looking for when it comes to um, this allergy type response or that um, hay fever type response would be things like LGG. So lactobacillus rhamnosus is usually the one that's most indicated for allergy type symptoms. Um, which helps to sort of modulate that inflammatory response. Uh, okay, should we talk about stuff that you can take? Because we definitely want to be avoiding, you know, obviously the steroids and all of the over-the-counter stuff as much as physically possible because we know that there's issues with that. Um, what uh, What do you think, Ash? What's your favourite go-to? I know that mine are definitely vitamin C and the things that we've just um, talked about. I love supporting the immune system as best we can for whatever might be lacking. So whether or not that is vitamin D, zinc is really essential. Um, My little go-tos in particular for hay fever are things like bromelain, and that's actually an enzyme from pineapple, um, which helps to sort of modulate particularly that kind of over excessive histamine response to that sort of stuff as well as um, quercetin and those sorts of things Um, spirulina has been shown to be really good for allergies um, and vitamin a as well those are usually like my go-to for um, hay fever Nice. Cook with garlic as well. For me, I, I love this. I oh, think yeah. it's a superfood for everything. So, you know, throw at least half a, half to a whole clove of garlic into your diet each day. Um, obviously, if you don't like the smell or the taste or anything about garlic, then you definitely can get capsules. There's plenty of herbal supplements, uh, garlic supplements on the market. So, you know, that's, that's a potent one. And, of course, you need yeah, a lot of people know about turmeric cooking with turmeric as well. It's potent anti-inflammatory. It's got a lot of other mm-hmm. impact to it as well. So that can, of course, reduce um, inflammation, which can in turn improve, you know, immune function and obviously reduce your histamine and inflammatory responses. So um, we talked about some of these supplements to add in, you know, omega-3 yeah. fatty acids. You've heard us talk a lot about these in the past. This is obviously, you know, lots of ways you can get these in, nut seeds, chia, walnuts, hemp protein, uh, pumpkin seeds. There's just lots and lots of different sources. It doesn't have to be fish oil. So just know that um, if you're a vegan vegetarian, it's not all about the fish oil. There are plenty of uh, plant-based sources. Some of the highest ones, though, interestingly, are the hemp protein. The one I get, I was just fascinated to see the high-quality, you know, omega-3 fatty acid profile. I was like, oh, how about that? Awesome. It continues to blow me away. Hemp protein, ladies. If you don't know much about it, or you're thinking it's a drug, no, it's not. It's just, it's just, it's just a protein powder made out of plants. Um, but there's got some really interesting, you know, uh, nutritional profiling about it. So look into it if you haven't heard of it or don't take it. Um, some of the other little tips that I think are just worth mentioning is that make sure you're staying really well hydrated, drinking plenty of water, just so that if there is mucus to be moving around your system, just staying hydrated helps to do that. Um, showering before bed as well, particularly if it's like pollens and dusts and that sort of stuff, um, just get it off your skin so that you're kind of reducing your exposure as much as possible. Um, 
Oh, a lot of people say things like keeping your windows and doors closed, um, really decluttering, dusting really well. Um, even if it's if it's more pollens that are the problem for you um, and you're outdoors with pets, even wiping pets down before you come inside um, has been shown just to make sure that they're not carrying any excessive things into the house is also a good idea. Um, and if you're having a really bad flare up, then just trying to limit your exposure to the things that you know trigger you until you have a little bit of that immune system reprieve whilst doing some of the other things that we've talked about in terms of cleaning up your diet, possibly trying, um, you know, some of those uh, supplementation or herbs that we've talked about um, and then seeing if you can slowly try and re-expose yourself. I would certainly be using LGG probiotics while you do that though. Yeah, and saline solution. So remember your nasal yes. nasal washing, so neti pots and nasal flushes, um, doing that multiple times a day can be really helpful just to clear the, the allergens off the nasal mucosa, which will help to reduce the, the like literally the liquid formation, you know, stop the body producing excessive amounts of um, mucus to try and clear out those pollens. So do it with uh, the saline solution. That's a really, really, really effective way of doing things um, non-pharmacologically, which is really cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I think for me, another one as well, is just looking at, say, a lot of people exercise, right? We know exercise helps to boost the immune system, but just considering time of day when you exercise um, because pollens can be – the pollen counts are often lower in the early morning and the evenings. Um, Of course, when the Mm. sun comes up, all the plants open up and pollen is spread everywhere. So on the warmer days, try not to exercise in the lunch hour because you'll find that you'll get a massive flare-up in your um, allergic responses. So, you know, just considering time of day – exercising in cooler periods or if there's been a good dump of rain you know exercise as soon as the rain goes because it often will clear the clear the air out so they're just some tips particularly because i was living in the netherlands you know it's quite easy great it's just rained excellent time for a run because you know that was when when the uh the pollen was dropped and it was you know the skies were clear so to speak so um i did learn a few tricks like that that certainly helped to reduce my my first uh season of horrendous uh, seasonal allergies Awesome. Oh, I love that. And Ash, I always love these conversations when um, I pick up on so many good little tips that you uh, sort of throw my way as well, because I know that I'm going to share those with my patients too. So thank you for that. Awesome, ladies. Uh, Well, we hope that you've got a lot out of the episode tonight, especially if you are a hay fever um, or, you know, allergic rhinitis uh, sufferer. And if you're not, then feel free to share this episode with your loved ones. Uh, ladies, You, uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear if you've got any little magic solutions um, that you know really help these symptoms for you. So make sure you're communicating with us on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media channels. You can always email us any questions, concerns, if there's a particular topic that you want us to cover as well, that's info at thewellnesswomen.com.au or you can just contest, contact us directly on through the social media channels or on the website. Oh, I have to just so, share something because we've oh, yeah. been oh, – it's hilarious. I am just, this is just ladies, this is the secret, you know, big brother's always watching as you start Googling things. Um, a little pop-up just came up on the side of my screen, Andy. It's for hay fever relief for pets. What? So, hay fever relief for pets? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. This so, is hilarious. I just so, Google this, right? But I'm just like, oh, I didn't Google that, but somehow our conversation with pets and dogs and all these keywords we've used, they must have heard us. <laughs> And this oh pop-up has come in the advertising. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, that always terrifies me. Oh. And do you know what's funny? I actually I actually gave Tiaki a tell fast today. Oh, like did a, 
Yeah, and Telfast is just an antihistamine. But yeah. it was because he got stung by a bee on his paw this morning oh, when yeah. we were out on the walk, yeah. and he was just upset. Like I got the stinger out. He was fine. I, I said, but he was just obsessing over it. And so I just gave him an antihistamine, and I felt like a terrible mother, but – it settled him down, so it was fine. Sometimes oh, you just got to do what you got to do. You got, you <laughs> do. Well, this is a thirty-eight dollar product that's been advertised to me. I'm like, oh gosh, that's an expensive, expensive solution for my my puppy dog. But anyway, I guess when you when your pets are suffering, you also have to look after them. So we haven't done it. Um, if done your it. pets have hay fever, then you seriously need to look at their diet because why do we always harp on about eating such good quality whole foods, but then we're very happy to feed pets processed foods all day long? It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, Ooh, I love I'm going to get off my mom. soapbox now. Yeah, I love you, dog mom. All right, gorgeous. Well, you have a good night. Ladies, thank you for thank joining you us. Too. Um, so, ladies, you are listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.